Welcome to the Project 24 Blogging Podcast. This is episode 193. so much for joining us today. Today we have Nathan. Hello. Hello. I wish we had some like audio of a, a crowd cheering yeah, or something. Yeah, like a little bit of <laughs> intro music. There's probably a button on there. We need to figure out the buttons. Yeah. Uh, one of those probably could be applause. Yeah. And then of course, Ricky. Um, yeah. And then myself, Anna. Recorded in front of a live studio audience. That's right. Yes. <laughs> but not really. Right? Not really. <laughs> we need that. Seriously. Let's look into that. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, jump into it right now. Today, we are going to talk about... Drum roll, please. Um. <laughs> we, we need that sound effect built in, too. We have all these buttons for sound effects, and we have never used them. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Seriously. I know there are sound effects on them. Like built in. Right now. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, don't what, know they what, are. what they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be fun. All right. Um, so maybe you know by now the niche that was chosen for us. We did not cho- choose this, but if you listen to the most recent podcast, you're probably clued in. If not, that's okay. We're going to talk about it today. We had a recent Income School YouTube video where we uh, revealed the niche that was chosen by you and Income School. Uh, YouTube followers, and that is off-roading. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Gonna be gonna be fun. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm it, excited. <laughs> it was between uh, baking and off-roading, and I believe Nathan and I talked about that. That we would have been excited for either one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's the case for anybody here. Really, there's been so much baking going on in my house this time <laughs> of year. Like we bake so much stuff to give away. Um, anyway, there's a lot going on. I'm just like, man, I could get. I think it would have been easy, like off-roading. Yeah, yeah. it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Even if we have vehicles and stuff to use, we got to get out somewhere and you know just to get those original images. And yeah, it's actually going to be more work. It's going to be a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Right. But baking, yeah. I think, would just be making the content would be super easy. Right. Yeah. Well, since it's like it's in your house, you know, yeah. like you said with the off-roading, it's not like you can really go off-roading in your backyard. It's not. You know, no, automatically not in, not in easily mine. accessible, right? Not in your backyard. Maybe someday. Uh, but yeah, you know, I like Anna said, I was pretty excited about either yeah. of these options. And there were four options, but between baking and off-roading, that was kind of where yeah. the majority of the votes went um, on the YouTube channel. So anyway, uh, it was a very pretty close call, I think by one Super or two percent. Close. Yeah. Um, but it did end up being yep. off-roading. So at the time we called it, um, so Julia called it because it was a surprise for me. Um but she called it at the time it was like 31% to 30%. Yeah. And then very shortly after it went back to 30, 30. Um, and YouTube doesn't tell you the number of votes. Right. Mm. So it was like very close. Yep. Very, very close. And we did a pretty fun reveal for Ricky. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if really you fun. are interested in seeing that, go check out the YouTube video uh, that we recently posted where we reveal the site. It was yeah. really kind of silly and fun, but yeah. Julie told me, my wife, she told me, um, just like a minute ago, she texted me and said, she's probably throwing off her analytics because she's watched that section of that video like three <laughs> times already. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, it's just fun. Yeah, it was not going to lie. I uh, actually did go to that part because I heard so much about it. Unfortunately, I was out of town at uh-huh. the time, so I was not able to participate in the video. You were down but, to Santa. Yeah, yeah but then I did go back and, and watch the full video. So yes. sorry about that. I was just so excited <laughs> about it. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to talk about some of our initial thoughts about the plan moving forward. You know, what are, what direction are we going to go with this? 
as Ricky said, it's going to be a little more challenging. Um, we anticipate that, but it's, we're up for the challenge. You know, we always are. We're always trying to push the limits here. And I actually did, um, overhear you all talking about it the other day and I was busy, but, uh, I did overhear a little bit about it. And it sounds like, like we said, everyone here is pretty excited about it. So what did you think when you, you found out? I was excited. I, it's probably, I was probably most excited for this one because I am trying to get to a place where, and I kind of have to force myself to do it, to just like do things that are fun. And for me, I have just been so busy for like a few years now. And, um, and I'm trying to like get myself and, and I choose it a lot of times. I'm like, Oh, well I'm, I have things to do. So I just, I'm kind of a worker type. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like this is almost in order to be able to do a good job of the content and make um, good content for the YouTube channel as well. I'm going to have to actually really do this, <laughs> which is going to get me out. Um, also, my brother, he has a Toyota 4Runner that he's kind of souped up for off-roading, and he loves this stuff. And he's been wanting to get one for me or have me get one so that he and I could work on that together for a few years now. And it's just never been the right time. Uh, so I texted him right after and said, hey, it's, it's, it's time. I think it's time now. <laughs> and he's like, I am all in. So it's going to be a fun um, opportunity to pull my brother in and, uh, work with him a little bit on something and do something cool. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like backfire when we yeah. were doing that here. Um, and even the cyber truck, you know, it got mm-hmm. you out doing some of those things. And I feel like, well, I went out one time and went shooting uh, yeah. for a video and it, it was fun to just get out and do a little creative project, but out in the desert. And yep. that's something we'll probably be doing with this. Now we're going to have to take original pictures and videos of the actual original research we're doing. So it's been a little while since we've done a project like that. Yeah, it has. And it's cool. Like there are places right nearby here Mm -hmm. where you can, I mean, it's just public land and you can Mm -hmm. go out and there's some good trails with some really deep ruts and stuff Mm -hmm. where we can showcase some things and get some good content and enjoy it a little bit. I think that's what's missing from a lot of our, a lot of bloggers, mm-hmm. the fun. Yeah, and I think that in the immersion in the niche, I think is kind of the hard part. When we talk about the difficulty level of this project, I think it's the immersion that is the difficulty, but that can also be the fun. Yeah. Um, if we let it be. You know, there there's always kind of a, there's the element of urgency and kind of the business side of it. But the immersion in the niche, you know, if it's something we actually enjoy, um, the difficult part business-wise can actually be the fun part in the immersion process, you know, building out the vehicle, learning about different styles or types of off-roading. You know, there's just like a thousand different things. You know, Ricky and I were talking the other day, different ways we could go with this. Yeah. You know, the off, when we say off-roading, that's like saying cooking, (laughs) you know, it's, it's ginormous. It's a huge space. And as we were talking, we probably came up with probably 10, 20 ideas. And, and as we talked, we like, Hey, we have to like relax a little bit. Mm, There are way too many options, you know, different ways we could go with this, but I think we've identified a couple, uh, which we'll be talking about in the near future here that I think it's going to be really, really fun. Um, you know, we're just starting from square one with this project and it's really cool. You know, we're talking about 
you know, finding a domain name and doing the search analysis and competition analysis and, you know, picking our different, our first three categories. Like we're actually, you know, we're doing it um, and it's going to be fun because we're going to document it along the way. So anyway, I'm really excited not only about just the off-roading part, but kind of really immersing ourselves in the project again and, and just seeing what happens. Yeah. yeah, it gets you excited about it. I know in one of our meetings recently, like you said, Nathan, we were talking about different categories. And this is one of the first websites we're really talking about our brand plan. Um, since we revamped the blogging course, of course, you, you know, that was part of it. But then we kind of went to a different mode. And now we're back to it. And so we're going to be testing it on on this website. And we had a lot of category ideas and like you said, we're going to have to hone it down. So um, can we talk about the brand plan and the categories? Yeah, I think so. Right now? Um, it's a little bit of a preview because we we already filmed this, <laughs> but it's with Christmas and stuff. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be almost mid-January before that mm-hmm. video even goes out. But we're not, we're not holding off on working on the site and doing this stuff, and we're filming it as we go. <laughs> um, but... It just will hit YouTube when it can hit YouTube. So um, anyway, so Nathan and I went through and uh, we listed up on a board like a whole bunch of different things we could do. Um, I think we probably are over time going to cover certain aspects of different vehicle types. Starting out, I was doing a comparison in Google Trends and ATVs are just way at the top Mm. um, compared to everything else, compared to side-by-sides, compared to dirt bikes compared to basically everything but like maybe jeeps mm-hmm. <laughs> jeeps are way up there too and that's like all things jeeps right right um which goes way beyond the off-roading space so atvs are just so common and so popular and so there's a lot of searches around those so we're going to start as that's going to probably be the first vehicle that we talk about and then um from there we decided to dive into um because there are all these subcategories, right, that we could do. And so um, we looked at some different options like, you know, picking the right ATV for you, right? And that's going to be a subcategory for, like, every vehicle type that we talk about. Um, there's maintenance, right, on ATVs, maintenance and repair. There's modifications. There's accessories. There's the actual off-roading, right, finding trails, etc but specifically for ATV. So those are all different subcategories we could do. So we picked a couple of them. We're going to start with selecting an ATV and we're, and um, uh, maintenance were the two we started with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be like our, and then the other one we decided to pick from a different category um, from kind of our general category, a subcategory of insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. Insurance for recreational vehicles. Um, that is one we're just going to tackle early on. And so we, these are just three subcategories. So ATV maintenance, ATV selection, and then off-roading vehicle insurance. That's going to be like our first 30 plus articles. And then we'll expand from there. Yeah. So we're doing it exactly the way we teach it in Project 24. So there's a little bit of a method to our situation here, kind of the way we chose what we did, you know, Ricky kind of talked about the potential of a, a build out of a larger vehicle. And if you remember that, you probably didn't hear any category here <laughs> about the build out of a large vehicle. And it's kind of on purpose. Um, you know, we as a team and, you know, for our riders also, 
Uh, we feel like this kind of ATVs is something that potentially a lot of people have at least some experience with. Right. You know, I know here multiple of us have access to ATVs of different styles and sorts. And not only that, but, you know, there's dealerships and places yeah. all over where you can get information about it kind of firsthand. This so, is Idaho. I mean, yeah. our riders can probably walk down the street right. and, mm-hmm. and, and walk into an ATV store. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we want to start somewhere where we have access to some of these things. And whereas we don't all own 10 ATVs, it's like, hey, well, we can get access to different, you know, types and, you know, some that are like made for working, you know, kind of like field work or farm work, some that are more like sport oriented or trail riding, you know, like there's just all the different types that most likely we're going to have access to. And so we're going to start there. Um, we hope to write some of the content ourselves. Yeah. Um, and we, I think we've planned to give some content to our writers to write, um, but at a more manageable pace than we have in the past, where as we get the content back, we can review it. You know, we can add our own research in that we've done and, mm-hmm. you know, just do a really, really good job with the content because we have some really high goals <laughs> for yeah, the site. And so, you know, we have kind of a timeline we want to adhere to and some, you know, monetization goals as well um, that we're going to really have to get this right. And so we want to not run too fast in the beginning and end up kind of tripping over our feet, um, which could cost us if we, if we did something like that. Yeah, this is um, maybe just an interesting time to just, we could dive into this more probably in another episode, but it used to be that you could just write a hundred articles, dump them on a website, you know, let them get indexed. And as long as the um, there's low competition and some search volume, you know, those are going to rank. You're going to start getting some, uh, some traffic. And over time, you could even tweak them, um, really finish them out. But just, like, get them on your site as early as possible. I don't think that's the case anymore. <laughs> we want to make sure our articles are publish-worthy before we publish them. Yeah. And that, that means, like, if you had them written by a writer and if they write directly on your website and do it under, like, a username, but it's not the author's published name that's going to be there, Make sure that the author that's displayed is fully built out, that there's a bio for them. Um, you know, let's let's get that content on your website, but like let's let's have some images before we publish it. Let's just make sure the article's done. I'm not talking about being a perfectionist and waiting three weeks and spending forever just on every single article, but I am saying probably don't just like dump a hundred on there that you haven't read. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, also I think there's something today about the velocity of that. I think if you take a brand new website, dump a hundred articles, do nothing else. I think, I don't know. I'm just seeing that not working today the way it used to. I would probably drip those articles out, even if it was one a day, but drip them out. And so basically like, as you have time to go through them and fix them up and make them perfect or, you know, good enough, right? Publish them at that rate. Um, rather than just all at once. That's that's kind of new, but I and I think there's something to it today. And I don't know exactly what Google's looking at or why it matters, but it just anecdotally, based on what we're seeing and others have talked with us about, I, I think there's something to it. 
Well, awesome. We will continue to update you. I feel like I was just on the news there. (laughs) Uh, We'll continue to talk about this story as we go along here on the podcast. We do briefly want to uh, talk about uh, the new EEAT that some of you have been talking about in the community. And we just want to quickly address that and how we feel like that's going to affect you and us. So this is one that, like Anna said, we've seen a lot of people kind of talk about it. There's a lot of talk in the industry about it right now as Google's up, updated some of their quality rater guidelines as well. And um, when I saw this, uh, so now before it was expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And now it's experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And I kind of had to think like, well, what's really the difference? Um, and I honestly don't think there's too much of a difference here um it seems like almost a little bit of an unnecessary distinction Mm -hmm. uh, because if you have expertise you probably have experience but what it kind of made me think like how could we apply this as creators is google wants to see firsthand that we know what we're talking about And it's hard to show that sometimes, especially through written content. And, you know, we talk about ways to do that. It's original images. It's embedding videos. Um, It's any any way that you can show Google, like, you know, let's say you're talking about a product. Like, I have handled the product. I've used the product. I've tested the product. Um, They really want, it's it's just a re-emphasis, in my opinion, on the first-hand use or experience. And so I think as content creators, we can really just focus in on that. And that's something that we've been talking about for a long time. Um, I think it's an important piece, kind of like what we just talked about with um, our off-roading site. We want to immerse ourselves in this niche because it's necessary. You know, if we want to start a new site from the ground up, we can't just talk about an off-road build out and not build a vehicle. If I've never built an off-road vehicle, I probably am not qualified to write about it. Um, and so I, I just think that it's just this, it's just a little bit of a re-emphasis. I, I don't think there's anything mind-blowingly different <laughs> about it. Um, but when I was looking through a couple articles, they kind of used, uh, what are the charts called, Ricky? What's this chart called? Oh, it's a... Um the one where oh all goodness. the circles are like the overlapping. Venn. It's a Venn diagram. <laughs> it's a Venn diagram. Um, and so there's this Venn diagram in one of the articles where it shows expertise, authoritativeness, and experience with trust in the center. Yeah. Um, and that's really the goal. Like Google needs to see that they can trust the, the creator. Um, you know, they're kind of held to a pretty high standard of what information they're putting out there. And they're trying to serve accurate and helpful results. And so... Um, it's less about, in my opinion, catering to what Google wants necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's helpful content. Um, and so I think that's kind of the overall focus. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts, but that was kind of, as I looked into it, that seemed to be kind of what it was. Yeah. So, you know, the first question is just like, what's the difference between experience and expertise? Um, and coming straight from the quality rater guidelines, really the big difference is Experiences, do you have life experience in this topic? Expertise is, do you have the necessary knowledge and skills? Expertise is going to be most important in more like formal topics in YMYL, especially, mm-hmm. you know, expertise is, is, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm talking about really medical stuff, do I have the credential, but also 
um, you know, the experience to back it up. And then experience is going to be important, I think, everywhere, right? Right. So if you're a doctor, but you just graduated med school, you don't have the same experience as a doctor with the same degree mm-hmm. who's been doing this for 20 years, right? And so experience and expertise play together. But there are a lot of niches where, like, there's not really an expertise. You don't, to talk about off-roading, you don't have to be a mechanic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and work in that all day, every day. You don't need... Uh, certification you just have to but you do need experience and and so i guess that's just something to keep in mind that's really the only difference between them i think there's a lot of overlap i think experience is something we've always wanted to have behind the work that we do and we've talked about but i always just kind of bundled it with expertise right (laughs) now they've broken it out and i think it helps the quality raters and probably helps us as content creators recognize the difference that um you know, we, we do need to be able to portray experience as well as, in many cases, expertise. And uh, I just wanted to mention, this doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a super expert nope. before you get started. Of course, it's really helpful to be a little bit passionate about it and already know something about it. But it's okay if you're still kind of in that beginner intermediate mm-hmm. stage as well that helps as we've said think of those more beginner questions but you're going to have to experience it as you go along and you know take those original photos the videos if that's what you're doing mm-hmm. add in your own thoughts and of course experience into the article and just make google realize that you are actually immersing yourself into this niche right. and you're learning and you're wanting to pass that knowledge on to other people All right, let's get on to a question from Drain Nation. And they say, if uh, you don't know what DAL-E, or DAL-E, I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong, from openai.com2 is simply put, it's an AI tool that allows you to generate high quality images from photorealistic to Van Gogh style oil paintings using just text inputs. For example, the image below was created using the following text, a sunlight indoor lounge area with a pool with clear water and another pool with translucent pastel pink water next to a big window digital art. By the way, we're going to put this post in the uh, description below, the text below, so you can go back to that post in the community and actually see the picture. Unfortunately, we cannot show you the picture over the podcast, (laughs) but I did think it was an interesting observation or um, just kind of update. And then they go on to say, I've been experimenting with the tool to create unique post images. At first it produced some creepy images, but I made my text inputs more descriptive and it produced better results. I spent a lot of time designing unique images for my posts. This tool can help reclaim some of my time, but I do default back to designing my post images. I thought I would share this tool with others that like to use unique images. Yeah, so um, I, I have some thoughts around these kind of tools. I I think it's cool. Um, I was looking straight right into this particular one with OpenAI, um, their Dolly tool, or Dal E. I don't know <laughs> either. I've only I, seen I'm it glad written, I'm right? not the only one um, here. <laughs> no, uh, and I've I've seen lots of videos of people um, using it, making some cool cool images. Um, it's also neat. You can take an image you already have, and you can have it add stuff or edit it um, in different ways, um, expand the image beyond the borders of what's already there. There's just a lot of things you can do. Um, but 
there are a couple of concerns. So we, we chatted a little bit about this uh, right before. And my first, I mean, our first concern really was the AI can't generate something out of nothing. AIs, whether it's written content or images, it's pulling from somewhere, even if it's just conceptual and it's, and it's really changing. Like it's, it's taking multiple concepts, putting them together. And so you can't tell where it came from, but it came from somewhere. It can't create things that are totally unique. It, I mean, really humans don't really either, but um, <laughs> we, we all use inspiration from other people. We, but, but we can build on that in ways that a computer still cannot, right? Um, so there's that, like, are we going to run into issues where the AI creates an image because based on what you described and the image has something that's recognizable from another image and suddenly somebody makes a claim that you took part of their work. The next is that, and this is really, because I think it's going to be really hard to ever prove that oh no, my work, you stole part of my work through an AI. I think it changes it so much it's going to be impossible. But the other thing is just the rules around using the content. So um, OpenAI has some rules here. First of all, currently this platform is for research purposes. And so you're not allowed to use the images commercially. Well, our blogs are our yeah. businesses. They're intended yeah. to make us money. So according to their their policy, you're not allowed to use the images for commercial purposes at all. You, you can't use images that have other people in them without their consent, including public figures. So no celebrity images, no, none of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't, um, they also, um, they limit the content of the images to some extent because they don't want things that, they don't want adult images. They don't want hate and harassment type stuff there. So they're, they are putting some those constraints around it, but also, um, I think I think it's kind of a a non-starter that we're not allowed to use them commercially. So something to keep in mind. I I wonder if you if you use your own images and use the AI to make some of those modifications, um, rather than spending forever in Photoshop right. or trying to learn Photoshop to add things in and stuff. You know, maybe maybe that's okay. Right. Technically, probably not. But where most of the image was yours. Maybe you can get away with it. Anyway, I just, <laughs> at this point, I don't know that it's commercially acceptable. Um, you certainly can't sell them, but it just says here, you are users are not allowed to use generated images for commercial purposes. Boom. Mm. That's it. So something to caution. Yeah, definitely. And I think like you said, eventually this will get to the point where there might be you know, some custom licensing agreements and, you know, certain designations for what you can and cannot do. Right. Um, to the point where you may be able to use it commercially on the complete, you know, up and up. But for now, it looks like it's still a little bit of a gray area. Um, and when we're talking about something as broad as commercial use, mm. um, you just want to be careful. Um, like Ricky said, if you use your own image, maybe uh, maybe you can get around it. But for, in, for now, it might just be yeah. safest. Honestly, it'd be just be safest to use your own image, maybe take the work to just use Photoshop for now yeah. or whatever you're using. They also require that you clearly indicate that the yeah. images were AI generated. And they do put a little color thing in the bottom right corner, just a little thing that you could crop out, but they put it there to, as kind of their signature. Kind of indication that you got that. Um, so anyway, you're supposed to, you're supposed to say that this is an AI generated mm -hmm. image. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, if you don't, 
yeah. you you could end up getting yourself into yeah. trouble because you don't own the image or the rights to it. Right. Um, <laughs> open AI does. Yep. It is really cool yeah. though. Oh, it's super cool. I've seen, I haven't actually used it, but I've seen some really cool applications where someone will like put in album art mm. of uh, a like really famous album art and then it will expand it. And yeah. it's like, it is really cool. And I think that there are some really cool future applications for it. I just think we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, It'll be great when they make a commercial license for definitely. it. Definitely. I don't have a problem with using this for mm-hmm. imagery in your blogs. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. I just don't use images that I don't have the rights to. Right. <laughs> Um, I don't know about y'all. I'm not you. I'm just me. But it almost seems simpler right now to take your own picture and edit it how you will um, and use it. But, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Last question is from Alfredo121. And they say, I am thinking of starting my second site with an expired domain. I have found one which was used as a 301 does it make sense to use it? Should I rather look at the backlink profile or rather the age of the domain, even if there was never content on it? Does it make sense to use a domain that has not been used for a year? So I, it it's not a problem if it hasn't been used for a year, really. Um, I mean, the more recent, the better. But people buy expired domains that have been expired for a lot longer than that. Um the thing, the big thing here is I want to understand if I were to buy an expired domain, which isn't something I usually, I ever have really worried about. Um, I buy the domain I want to buy because I want to build a brand um, for my websites. So the little bit of a head start that it might give you from an SEO standpoint um, can, can completely evaporate if you're buying a domain that just doesn't have a good, it doesn't fit very well for the brand you're trying to build. Um, but for those who want to do this, um, using a domain that was only used as a 301. So what we're saying here is like, this was a domain that somebody purchased and then they redirected it to a different domain. So like I own a couple of variants of incomeschool.com, like one that's incomes cool. <laughs> so it's basically income school without the H. Um, I own that because if somebody types that in or mistypes it, I'd rather that it redirected them to income school than have somebody else snipe up that domain and put trashy crap on it (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, because they're just hoping to get a little bit of traffic from people that typed it in wrong, which people do, by the way. Um, They buy up domains like that just trying to get traffic. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, So if it was only used in that sense who who's going to link to the wrong version or the version that's redirecting somewhere else. Typically, if I'm going to put a link on my website, I'm going to link directly to whatever resource on that site. I want people to go to whatever the final URL is. And so if you look at the backlink profile for this website, it's probably going to be really bare. And so it doesn't have any real history. So I don't know that you get any benefit from it. So I don't have a problem with using that domain but I certainly wouldn't pay extra for it. That's that's kind of the conclusion I came to. Like if, if someone's looking to sell this to you at a premium, I would just probably not. Because uh, like <laughs> yeah. you said, there's just not a lot of added benefit. You know, you're not getting all that extra quote link juice right. um, that you could get from a domain that had tons of high quality content. Maybe it was inactive, whatever. Um, it was just kind of a, a stop along the way right. type of, <laughs> type of uh, right. uh, URL. When Google sees these redirects, if it's, you know, a permanent redirect, 
then Google indexes the end right. URL. They don't, they don't even index the one in between. And so what's showing up in search results, what people linked to, all of that SEO benefit went to the real site, not the site that, like you said, Nathan, that they stopped through on the way. So to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to put much more thought into it. I'd pick a domain that you like that is a brand that you would want to build up. Awesome. All right. Well, great discussions today. And this will be the last podcast before Christmas um, or the holidays, the holiday season. Um, New Year's, well, we have a podcast coming out on New Year's Day. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Have fun. It's a great time to spend time with your family, your friends, your loved ones. Just relax a little bit. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. I I just feel like I'm ranting here now. (laughs) Um, But seriously, thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.